0: I'm still listening <laughs> because the Lord in his wisdom, uh, when he brings revelation, he brings it and he unfolds it. It's not just simple, hey, let's sit down and study the word and put out a sermon. But um, several things were said this morning, and the first thing I want to respond to is this word that I've repeated, but was acted upon was Obedience. John was obedient to share that word. There's a restoration coming, a resurrection coming for the church, for the world, for this nation. What's that look like? How will it be? The Lord told me years ago that I would see uh, revival. And I went to um, Connecticut from my position in Savannah, believing that in Connecticut in those 11 years I would see revival. Revival. And I participate in revival. We even put a tent up, like we have. We're getting ready for back here, um, and I didn't see revival the way I expected. Three years prior to leaving, I was at a um, Connecticut praise meeting. It was non-denominational gathering of clergy, and the word came up. Somebody gave a prophecy about revival. And another person prayed for revival, and another person shared a dream about revival. And this black Baptist pastor from Hartford, he stood up and he said, "Revival! Revival! 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 I'm so tired of hearing you talk about revival as if we have to wait for it. Revival is here. It's now." We don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here now. We need to activate what's been given to us. We need to see revival in daily miracles. We need to see revival in words that couldn't come from anybody but the Holy Spirit. We need to see revival in the power of God's timing in amazing ways. I was sharing last night with a friend uh, a dream that my mother had, a a vision of her grandmother and a, a vision of of her father in a timing that she hadn't seen her mother in 30-plus years. And in the dream, it was revealed that Francis, her mother, was home. What's that supposed to mean? She could still feel the, the, the kiss on her cheek from her father. She could still see the tears pouring off of her grandmother's face as she cried and prayed as she saw her daughter coming home what it meant was her daughter had gone home she didn't live a very good life but the Lord was giving assurance to my mother so that she could share this testimony at the right times in the right places to be a word of prophetic utterance to the body so that other people who were longing for affirmation of God's move of his spirit in others' lives that were so broken, they seemed unrestorable, unresurrectable. God was sovereign. It was that very night that my mom's mother died when she had that dream. She found out through an aunt two days later. So on the day of Pentecost, there was obedience. And this morning, we experienced some obedience. It's not comfortable coming up about everybody who whispered in my ear. If you're ever wondering what that's for, if you're not familiar with the pattern of things, people come up and they just sort of share in my ear what the Lord's saying so that I can have some discernment in it because I want to place that word in the service at its right moment. Usually it's the right moment because God is already moving. So I'm, most of the time, I'm not going to say no. Sometimes I might have a holy, wait a minute. And I might say, wait, because that works perfectly with my sermon, so let's put it there. Let's put it in a different place. Let's put it at the end of announcements, whatever it might be. I want to point out to you this morning, Leland, I'm going to put you on the spot. You and your brother Eric were obedient this morning. There is, there is nothing in a teenage boy that would want to carry a flag in the front of church and wave with a bunch of women who are feeling led by the Spirit to lead us in worship. But you led us in worship. We bless you. And, and as awkward as that may have felt, God's going to bless you for your obedience. There are things that we do that may not be our inclination, but because someone with some measure of authority or older than you, you honored them and you honored us with your obedience. And that, that's just one example. The, the disciples were together. This is going to be a weird sermon. I'm just warning you, okay? Just because I, I think that the Lord wants to stop in the midst of it and do some ministry. So it won't be your typical, hey, let's just get the word out there and hope you're encouraged to go home. Um, it, it's more so, what's what's God want to do today? And I, I've already seen some things where I believe that the Lord's anointing wants to proclaim some words over some people here today. But there were obedience on the day of Pentecost. They were gathered together in Acts chapter two. It was the feast of the first fruits, the also called the feast of weeks. The name Pentecost. The Greek derivation, which means 50, the 50th day after the firstfruits feast. It was the day that the church was lit on fire. So perfect for what John shared, because I believe that the Lord is trying to light that church, this church, our church, the bride of Christ, back on fire. And they were gathered together in one place. Um... And they referred to it as the house. You know, it was a strange place for a temple gathering because they weren't at the temple and they weren't in a synagogue. They were in a house. It may have been a familiar house. Some people say it was the upper room. And all of a sudden, the Spirit arrived like a wind. It was unstoppable. It was unquenchable. It was unexpected. It was powerful. I don't know if you've ever experienced a chimney fire or known people who have had a house that have had a chimney fire. It needs to be put out because the creosote that has packed its way on the inside of your chimney has to be extinguished or else you'll lose the house. And it sounds like a freight train is coming through your living room because that fire gets so hot and that creosote inside of your chimney uh, burns so um, fully, like, like gasoline almost, that it sucks all of the air from your house up and through the chimney. So imagine the sound of that. It's like somebody put a didgeridoo in the microphone and went... You know, just a big, huge, loud noise. I'm glad that mic wasn't on, thank you very much. Might have freaked you all out. But that word is also a word for the breath of God. The breath that created us, the breath that restores us, the breath that lives in us. I don't know if you've ever had a cold in which you can't breathe. You know, you got one nostril plugged up and then you lean on the other side and then all of a sudden the other nostril is plugged up and you, you've got all this stuff in your chest, and you're like, I can't get it in, but I can't get it out. And you take expectorant and all that kind of stuff, and you try so hard to get cleaned out so you can breathe again. Well, imagine being in a room with the presence of God that your lungs are filled in a way that they've never been filled before, oh, yeah. where your life has just been just oxygenated from head to toe. Um, you know, Some people get mountain sickness when they go into high places, and they have oxygen bars. And um, they, they can be, those oxygen bars can be just as exhilarating as being high, because that pure oxygen just makes your body feel invigorated and restored. And I can't imagine anything but what God was doing on that day was invigorating the disciples. Now, we don't know whether or not this this outward manifestation only happened to the 12. When they refer to them, uh, you know, they, they say, weren't these just Galileans? Weren't these just Copleans? Ohioans? I mean, the, the reality is most of us underestimate the power of God that can operate in us. But when we walk in obedience, God can do amazing things. And on each one, there rested this picture. They, I loved the fact that there were uh, handheld tongues of fire this morning uh, in some of the things that Diana brought out for the kids or for uh, worship leadership. Joshua had one in his hand. He kept throwing it down. And I said, you throw that Holy Spirit all over the place. Just get it on us. And each one as the Holy Spirit rested. The baptism occurred once for each believer at the moment of salvation, but the Spirit's filling occurred so that salvation could come to His people, and then they were gifted. They were gifted with a gift. That gift was us speaking in tongues. Interesting that this could be... um, This could be interpreted in multiple ways. The gift and the person of the Holy Spirit is uh, not disconnected from God in any way. We don't believe in three gods, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe in one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a person. uh, he, He is present And he is operating in us. And we were promised this. So there's three things I want to get across today. One, there is a promise that God wants to make to you. That his spirit will fall in a way that will gift you beyond what your expectation is. Secondly, in that promise, he gives gifts. And those gifts are not yours to own or manage, but his to dispense for his purposes. I have never had a moment in which I could say I gave a, um, a public utterance in a tongue that was was different that was prophetic or was exhortation that was interpreted publicly it doesn't happen as much as it has in the past and there are waves of that that happen in the life of the church but does that make it does it diminish it in any way that there are public utterances of tongues and that they ought to be interpreted for the body? No way. I believe them. I I have a language of tongues that I pray with. I I know that it it kicks in when my English words are not capable of managing the speed for which I need to express what God wants to express. And I feel that oxygenation come upon me (laughs) and this quickening of God's spirit in me. It doesn't mean that it's for public utterance. It usually expresses something that's already right here that I could tell you. But this word glosios or glossolalia as we speak of it, it means language, not just a uh, just a, a language that we might say sounds foreign. I used to joke as a stodgy evangelical who didn't really understand the Holy Spirit very much. I just said, "I don't understand this. I don't, I don't get why somebody's going, "Shuould about a Honda, could about a condo, Shamalama ding dong. It didn't make sense to me. And that's not me making fun of it because now I'm on the other side of it, and I can say, the Lord is speaking in a way that I should have been asking, "What is it, Lord? Speak, your servant is listening. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Was that for me? And if it was for me, I pray that He would have shown it to me and revealed it to me. But He wants to reveal to you the fullness of what He's saying. So today, as we're looking at this gift, they're bewildered at what's happening in Acts chapter 2. These devout men from every nation fall into this place. They were hearing words spoken in their own language. Do we have a book that says what those words were? No. So what would be bewildering was that these people were not from their nation. These people were gathered. Why were they gathered? They were gathered for the festival, so they're likely Jews from, that were in the diaspora. They have various conquerings from other nations, Assyrians, Babylonians, Mesopotamians, all of the nations that came and raided Israel and spread them out across the country, a country, these folks were all on pilgrimage into Jerusalem and there they were all together as this moment in time happened. And they heard people in their own language for something that would encourage them, that blessed them, that left them utterly bewildered, the scripture says, because they were hearing in their own language. Aren't these Galileans speaking? They said. How could we hear? How, how, how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? And they give the list. If you were to take a map, I, I, I'm encouraging you to Google, not right now, wait for it go home and Google, get on your computer and Google map of Acts chapter 2. And you'll see a detonation point where Jerusalem is at the center and these concentric rings are going out from Jerusalem to the out to the rest of the world. That was the picture that we get from this list that was given to you. I'm certain that there were others that were probably missed in this list, but the list was given so we could see the expansive work of God from 12 men. Jesus' promise was true. When you hear a word spoken over your life, do you sometimes go, mm, okay, Has anybody ever given you a a word from the the Lord and you kind of go, I I, I hear it, but I don't see it. Long time ago, um, my friend Jan spoke a word over me. told me that I had an apostolic anointing and that the words that I gave would affect nations. Okay. I hear it, but I don't see it. I didn't understand what that meant for me that if I were to affect nations that meant that I was going to be given some position some posture apostolic meant that I was probably going to be in purple somewhere with one of those big pointy hats you know but to God that meant the anointing was that I would have authority to speak and that authority would affect people that affected people that affected people and it would go out to the ends of the earth. And I don't doubt that that's true, although humbly that makes me feel a little weird because I don't think of myself as somebody out there spreading a word that could become something much bigger. If we're to look at the, the, the book of um, Corinthians, we understand that God fulfills his promises What is he promising today? Here's where we get a little weird Um, out of the ordinary of sermons. What what is he promising? I'm asking you. What has God promised you? Please say it nice and loud so everybody can hear. Good things. Okay? What good things has he promised? Greater intimacy. Greater intimacy. Yeah. Peace. Peace. He's promised peace. What else? joy I'm sorry he's coming back he's promised he's coming back his glory truth anybody have a specific one something that he's promised that you're going to see i i know he's promised that i will see revival in my lifetime and i see it i see the thumbprint of it but I know that there's more to experience. Trials, trials. He's promised that we will see trials and tribulations. That is true. The people in your family would come to the Lord. Yeah. Sometimes that's not evident, but it's evident in His sovereignty. As we look to His Word and we trust His power to save, we don't know the other conversations that they've had. And in that come-to-Jesus moment, come moment where they are faced with their mortality, we don't know what conversations they've had with the Lord. So we just have to trust. Yeah. Well, these promises that were made were given evidence by affirmations. We think, oh, we have to be careful there. We, we don't want to slide into becoming the church of affirmation where we just affirm everything along the way, and the Lord has promised that he'll give trials and, and tribulations, right? He's not just you know, promised that everything will be a pat on the back and you know, a well-done, good, and faithful servant, but as we function in, in obedience, he shows us for the common good what we're capable of through gifting. And here's the list. For one is given the spirit of utterance, to another the utterance of knowledge, the utterance of wisdom, the utterance of knowledge. Understanding the same spirit to another is given faith, to another is given healing, to another workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to one distinguishing between spirits, to another tongues, and yet to another interpretation. So this list that Paul's giving is not a comprehensive list in its sense, but a a list that just gives us, this is how the Lord operates. He operates in a way for the common good. So for all of us to be blessed, wisdom, knowledge, healing, miracles, prophecy, understanding or distinguishing between spirits understanding the various different kinds of tongues and interpreting them so what do we do what's the lord want to do right now the lord told me this morning well i'm sorry revival, revival. thank you very much uh, that was affirming i'll take that for myself um, i believe this morning that i heard the lord say that he wanted to heal today Not just because I'm experiencing healing, because I'll tell you, my leg looks better every day, and I'm so thankful. Uh, I'm amazed because it's not what the testimony was for weeks and weeks and weeks, almost since July of last year. What does the Lord want to heal today? Would you just take a moment and quiet down in your heart? This revelation may not be for you. This may be a revelation for somebody else. What's the Lord showing you that He wants to heal today? Elbow? Right elbow. elbow. Anybody suffering from something on your right elbow? You'll take that. All right. Can a couple people go over and gather? And Dean, your right elbow? Okay. Okay. Um, let, let's get a couple more people over here around Dean and let's just pray. Pray for them. Pray until the Lord tells you that, that uh, he's done. Lord, we, just, we do pray that you would restore elbows today as a sign of your grace so that we would see your glory. We remember that the man born blind was asked the, the question, was it this man's sin or was it his parents' sin? that he was born blind, and the answer was that the glory of God would be revealed. Reveal your glory, Lord. Thank you. Other, other things that you are hearing for healing, things that, that the Lord has placed on your heart today, Problems in the mind. So have you been suffering from uh, dreams? Uh, have you been suffering from uh, trauma that's caused you not to sleep? Um, if you have been suffering from even, uh, you know, medication brings on the, the possibility of delusion and confusion. If you are suffering from a level of confusion that you want God to heal today, is that you? Is there anybody here that's, that's feeling that? it needs? Sam? Anybody else? Okay. Raise your hands really high and would just a couple people, just somebody nearby just uh, come over to these folks who are raising their hands and pray for them that God would restore them that that he would uh, like the, and I'm not saying you're demonized so don't hear this wrong but like the demoniac he, he would have you seated and in your right mind that he would restore, he'd give you the mind of Christ, the fullness of of God. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want, we want your mind, Lord. We want to be put into the right the right thinking, the right place, the right understanding. We want to be in unity with you, Lord. This word from First Corinthians today says, "There is one body and many members. And all the members of the body, though many, are one. For the for for in one spirit, all will be baptized into one body. Doesn't matter if you're Jewish or Greek or Coplean or." Cleveland, and (laughs) if you're an Indian or a guardian, all one. One in spirit. The opposite, Lord, is the work of the enemy. The enemy seeks to destroy and divide. Seeks for us to grieve the Holy Spirit, for us to doubt, to fear and to operate in a way that wouldn't know your peace and your power. We pray freedom today for these minds, Lord. We pray that out of it would come a testimony of power, restored elbows, restored lives, restored minds, restored hearts. Bodies that are arthritic, we speak Jesus over your body, and we say, be healed, be restored. Let circulation flow with power. There are people here today that the Lord has promised that you'd see miracles in your life. You'd see certain miracles in your life. Does anybody want to share a miracle that you're praying for in your life? A way that the Lord has said, before your days are over, you will see this anybody have a promise from God that's like that well we trust as the word that today said that or the prayer that said today that our men would dream dreams and see visions Lord that you would give us a vision of the miracles that you want us to see in this life This morning as I was praying, I um, I felt like the Lord wanted to tell Carol that um, there was a, a new level of operation that he wants to develop in you. That he hasn't wasted anything. So when you came and you shared that um, he put you back together, I was like, Whew. he's so not done with you. He's got... Uh, higher level for you to operate. And I don't know what that is or how that will work, but um, he's just drawing you in. So trust him. I think it goes along with Michael's word for intimacy. Um, The Lord wants to draw so close to you that uh, he's going to have you experience uh, a functional um, way of walking with him that is richer than you already know. Because I know you already know the beauty of walking with him. There's a young man here, I don't know your name, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I saw you walk in this morning, and um, I know that the Lord has given you courage for something that you're facing. I don't know what that is. I don't need to know what that is, but just know that He showed me in you that He's doing something that is beyond what you think that you can accomplish. So if you'll just listen to Him, I pray you'll operate in obedience to what he's calling you to. Father, I thank you that Sam um, asked for prayer this morning because when I saw Sam, when you walked in this morning, I know in the flesh that there are things that you've struggled with physically, mentally, emotionally, and I just saw God healing you. Um, You have a, a, a powerful testimony of God walking, helping you to walk in grace. You, you were on a walker for a long time and the Lord brought you a level of healing that allowed you to walk uh, with strength. And as life diminishes, listen, we, we all sort of have this natural thing that's fallen apart. This is our body. And it happens to all of us. But I pray that He continues to show you and He's showing you right now that He's healing your mind. He's healing your body. He's giving you a grace, not so that it won't happen. It happens naturally to each one of us. But so that you might have a testimony to his power. An an encouraging word, what? For you, just to make you feel affirmed? Yes, but also, and more powerfully, for the common good. Wants to give you gifts. Wants to pour out his spirit. bros i'm gonna pick on you okay you ready i saw an anointing on your family this morning so i hope you'll share this with them because i i see this word that john gave this morning about restoration and i see the word that carol gave about you know putting the stuffing back in re, rebuilding and restoring um i heard the word this morning about old tapes and i and i thought There are patterns within families that say things that the enemy wants to be uh, evil, but the Lord allows it so that you can be a testimony beyond. And I just see this, I saw a field of flowers. I don't know if you've ever been to such a thing, but I just saw this beautiful field of flowers and you as a family, all of you together were walking through this field and it just was this picture of... Intimacy, I guess, is the right word. It was you were walking with the Lord in joy. That all the broken places, all the things that they have been struggles as a family, all the things that continue to be hard, um, God doesn't promise that they won't be there. But there's a underneath the surface of all of that is this just foundational grace and beauty. Um, you have a strong family with a lot of strong personalities, right? He wants to bless your family. Does anybody have a word of encouragement? A prophetic word? Uh, Something that's welling up inside of you and you know you saw somebody coming into church this morning and you just knew that the Lord wanted to speak to them. I'd encourage you to listen to that voice. Nancy? Nancy just said that, that Sam uh, has a contagious smile and a, and a kindness. You know, um, when we are in a place where we don't see the Lord working, we might not understand what he's doing, we realize that as scripture says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's, it's his overwhelming kindness, his grace, his affect. When we come into his presence that doesn't beat us up but loves us in a way that allows us to go, oh Lord, I I can't hold on to this anymore. I, I can't be that person that I once was. Your presence is changing me. Yeah, Chris. Chris just gave witness to, I mean, I'm repeating these things for the sake that some of you might not have heard, but those who are at home are, are able to hear that um, Chris wanted to encourage Don uh, because of his kindness and because of his ability to see a need in helping Jim Botierce as, as he was going through uh, COVID-19 and Patty as well, uh, that they were outward signs of the grace that came to them through the power of the Holy Spirit. And they were Christ-like as they gave to their brother Jim. Yeah. Let me just say a word that's related to that but for all of us that that the Lord doesn't want us to live under the expectation of how he operates through and for us just by what our parents say or by what people in church have to say but that he wants to unfold in us our own hunger unfold in us our own gifting That stuff may feel and sound weird. Certainly, just like I said about Leland, uh, you know, to be on the spot and to be focused on by other people is uncomfortable. But the fact of the matter is God is just saying how much he loves you, that he wants to speak to you, and he wants to encourage you, that you have ownership of this, that it's not just something that you go through, the motions of church, but a real relationship with him. Dean, oh, come on ahead. You can say what you wanted to say. Yeah. Wendy was just saying she has uh, an assurance that Bob's bone fracture is going to be fully healed. We stand with you right now, Wendy, and we pray, Lord, that you would be knitting those bones together as we speak. Make them strong, Lord. Let the doctor be confounded by the strength that those bones have as they have not had in the
1: past. Dean? Well, a couple of miracles. Um, I wear this around so that when I fall, you press the button and you stop falling. No. They... LAUGHTER EMS comes get you. I don't wear it when I come to church. I try not to. Um, my um, elbow, I, I fell. I don't know uh, how, how many weeks ago, months ago, but it was still sore, and it's gone now. So thank you thank for prayer. But the one I'm excited about is that when I gave my testimony, I did not have any anxiety. Performance anxiety. I've never stood up here before and said, that's a problem I've had for all my sermons, all my public things. It was always a struggle because you know, just very simply, I was never able to please my father. And so I was diagnosed with this pro- performance anxiety a number of years ago by a mm-hmm. psychiatrist. So uh, for that moment, I was healed. Thank you, Lord. And I'm believing it's going to be on. Go ahead. Thank you, Lord. I just want to affirm that you because I've seen that in you before, but this morning your presentation was so clear. You presented it to us. Thank you, Lord. I
0: felt like the Lord wanted to lift off us. The spirit of grief. I don't know if anybody's just feeling like they can't lift a spirit of grief off of them. They feel a heaviness.
1: So I don't know if we can pray into that.
0: Yeah. So Lord, um, would you lift a spirit of grief off of this congregation? We've lost those who we love, who are close to us. But as we recognize the fullness of your promise and your power, you've restored them. So we're just um, r- wallowing in sadness that we don't need to hold on to. Grief is real, and the time to grieve is, is right. But we ask, Lord, that you would, um, would you restore us with the knowledge of your love for your people and the ways that you've called them home. Jim's got something. Come on down.
2: gave me a word while we were worshiping this morning. And I sent a text to Dan of what I thought the Lord was saying. And then I looked up and saw that his phone was sitting on his music stand rather than over here. (laughs) So I assumed maybe that word wasn't for then. Because it's for now. Um, Jan, when he was here, used to tell us that when you come into a room, look around and see who the Lord wants to bless. And I looked around this morning, and I kept seeing a number of different men. And I believe that the Lord wants to bless and pour out a special anointing on men this morning. Um, The men in the background. As I looked around when they were worshiping, there were men who were standing quietly and comfortably worshiping the Lord you know, silently, or they're folding their arms. or. But he wants to bless and pour out a special anointing on men who stand quietly as we worship, who may be uncomfortable or feel awkward or feel like they're a second-tier worshiper, you know, because they're not the ones up here raising their hands and dancing around. But this week, especially these next seven days, the Lord wants to pour out his spirit on you and bless you. Mm. He wants to speak into your life. He wants to bring breakthrough to your hearts and your minds and your spirit. He wants to make you stronger and he wants to draw you closer. And he wants to answer the cries of your heart. Yes, Lord. That's what he wants to do. What he wants you to do is to listen. Listen for him. Pray expectantly. And then receive what he wants to give you. Thank you, Lord.
0: Well, I should just sit down. My sermon's been preached.
2: so you could be heard. To go right along with what uh, Jim was saying, and and, and really not not just for men, is tied to a lot of the breakthroughs that we're seeking. It's a four-letter word, fear. No matter how you slice it, worry, fear, does not come from God. And that anxiety, there's so many different definitions. Lift up, cast your cares upon him. That's every one of those worries, every one of those fears. I haven't seen this happen yet, yet, yet. Not yet. And that's where you turn it from the frown to the smile. Not yet. It's just restoration family. Whatever it is, turn that fear into faith. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. <laughs> well, a word from North Carolina, where, Char- where Kristen is, with Charlotte. Charlotte. Awaiting a baby, Aurora, she sent the word restoration. It's a good word. It's a word that the Lord <clears throat> gave me out of First Peter chapter 5 when, um, when we had no idea what he was going to do next. He called me to Ohio, of all places. And in verse 6, it starts, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you. Cast all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. He cares for you. He, He wants to be intimately involved in every detail of your lives. He's crazy about you. Doesn't say that here, but... (laughs) be sober-minded verse 8 says be watchful your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking something to devour resist him firm in your faith knowing that the same kinds of suffering alan are being experienced by the brotherhood throughout the world when we enter into suffering we enter into what the body has had to endure for the sake of the kingdom. But here's the money. After a while, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory, will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To Him be glory and dominion forever. So Lord, we can only imagine today You can only imagine what it would be like to be waiting for this promised gift we know what it's like to wait for the promises we see in scripture the promises that you want to move in our lives that we have had affirmation about and haven't yet seen and we trust that you would gift us in that direction that we would be prepared for whatever it is that you want to do to carry out that promise But what we need is Your authority. An operational functioning that allows us to do Your will so that we would see healing and miracles. That we would experience tongues and interpretation. That we would know wisdom and revelation, Lord. That the gifts would not only become evident, but normalized in our lives. That we would see them every day and everywhere. John chapter 20 um, that we had for the gospel lesson this morning, they were locked behind doors because they were afraid. And Jesus said to them, peace. So we pray right now that your body would receive peace. That wherever you would go with us, whatever gifts you would give, however we should operate, whatever pain that we're in, whatever waiting that we're in the in travail over, just waiting and waiting and waiting and wondering. Let there be peace, Lord. That we would embody an atmosphere of heaven. And Jesus himself said, I was sent with authority. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. So we pray right now that you would pour out on your people an authority an authority to forgive sins, an authority to hold on to or retain things, whatever it is that according to your will and your timing and your perfect understanding, we would be obedient to live out a calling that would proclaim your goodness, that would speak the truth in love, and that would walk in humility. And I ask this question of you this morning. Do you want to know a new level of peace? Do you want to know uh, what it is to have authority to walk in the ability that the Lord wants to give you? Do you want to operate in the fullness, not just a portion of the gifting that He has for you? Then I'm inviting you. We could be here all day, but I'm inviting you that as the prayer teams gather, would you just avail yourself during communion of the opportunity to get prayer and allow that anointing to set root, to take place. Would you ask the Lord for his outpouring? If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I pray today it would just be so normal, so natural, and so wonderful that all you have to do is say, would you pray for me? I want to receive the baptism." But avail yourself of these teams that are up here. And teams, if you want prayer, just wait till afterward and pray for each other because the God, God wants to bless you as well, and He will. But I think in order for us to operationally live the life of service and activity for the sense of the kingdom, we have to recognize that it's for the common good, that we can't pursue gift, the gifts of the Spirit for any selfish ambition but that the manifestations of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits, tongues, and interpretation, they are all powers that he gives according to his will, and they're available right now. Ask for them. So, Father, as you have given authority and blessing, we pray that the anointing would rush like a wind through your house today, through this house of prayer on these people that we would be in a posture in communion and afterward as we pray and even as we go home that we would constantly be aware of what god is saying or who god is prompting us to see and speak over and we would act in obedience so that that flow of the holy spirit would continue so pour out your spirit now lord may we receive the gifts that you have given May we wait for the gifts that are to come. May we operate in the authority that you've given us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.